Tom Bernard Show with Andy Brant Bernard. Cassie's on the Halloween cruise. Catherine is flying uh, out of Chicago. Alex is at home with Fawn because she didn't sleep last night. But we'll be back. We have a lot of guests today, as a matter of fact. We'll be right back. Tom Bernard Show. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt then talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? And, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Walzer Automotive continues to grow. They think it's because of their upfront pricing, no haggle or hassle sales experience, and working with one person from start to finish. I think we all know it's because of the loyal podcast listeners. I've said it a million times before. I won't endorse a company that I don't believe in, and Walzer's no exception. I've bought several cars from them, as has my family. I know what you're thinking. Tommy got some special deal. Well, the truth is we paid the Walzer best price just like everyone else. Walzer will sell about 35,000 cars this year, and you can't do that if your prices aren't great. Do yourself a favor. When it's time to shop for a new or used car, go to walzer.com and give them a shot. You won't be sorry. Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. Hello. That's right. We don't have music back in. I forgot we're the only ones here. Yep. All right. In any case. We, um, well, it's it's an interesting day to be on the air. Just the two of us anyway, because it was uh, a hell of a weekend. I, uh. I don't know. Well, it was a hell of a week last week with that Sayoc guy. The latest on him is they're saying that he just cannot see reality. Um, so, be a little nuts? Yeah, I think, he, I think he might be a little nuts. No doubt about it. Um, yeah, here, here's the deal right here, as a matter of fact. Um, a strange family of Caesar Sayoc or Sayoc, and their attorneys say they've long begged him to get help. As authorities tried to pin down a motive in what the New York Times calls Cesar Sayoc's uh, alleged spree of bubble wrap terror, members of his estranged family are trying to convince him to seek mental health care and retain a good lawyer. Sayoc, who CNN notes is expected to be formally charged with five federal crimes today. Well, that would be good. Um, in any case, yeah. Technically, today. he didn't even really do anything, did he? <clears throat> well, you could you could get him for sending incendiary devices, but not bombs. They keep calling them bombs on certain news outfits. I thought they were just plastic <laughs> tubes full of glass that didn't have any, like, detonators. They didn't up. have detonators on them, but, well, then, but they could have been started on fire repair. I, I'm not buying that either. I still hmm. want to know, Andy. And, and, and again. Yeah, you're right, Joseph. Joe, Joe from uh, Louisville just abandoned again. Yep, I'm abandoned until Friday night. Typical. Typical. Mm. That's all I say. Um, <clears throat> here's what I've learned from all this, that there are lots of crazy people in the world, and everybody likes to, to point somebody else. It's your fault. It's, your, it's all our fault. And I'm telling you, the reason I say it's, it's everybody's fault in America and probably around the world is because when these news organizations like CNN and Fox start spewing their incendiary crap, mm-hmm. you and I tune in. And it seems to me, after kind of viewing how numbers come and go and all the rest of it, the more negative a story, the more p- people tune in to watch it. So 
Um, what we have to do is we have to retrain the news organizations like CNN, CNBC, Fox, whomever. Uh, do not watch that stuff. If they want to spew hatred, then don't watch it. They won't get any numbers and they'll stop doing it. The only reason those news organizations do that is so you'll tune in and watch. They, they know their numbers will go up if you spew that hatred uh, as much as you possibly can. You know, we hate this guy and we hate that guy and we hate that. There are people I don't like a whole lot in the world, but I really can't think of anyone I hate. You know, to flat hate to the point that I'd want to do them harm. Again, there are some people that I don't like very much, <clears throat> and I'd like to punch them right in the solar plexus, but I wouldn't want to ruin their careers, and I wouldn't want to you know, destroy their families. I have no interest in doing that, and I don't understand why anybody has any interest in doing that, particularly highly paid news people. Why do you want to ruin someone's life? I do not understand that. Money. <clears throat> it is all money. It's all about money, and that's the whole thing. They get money, and they're happy to... Do whatever they need to do to get it. No, that's exactly right. They will do, people right now will do anything for money, which I find absolutely disgusting. Mm-hmm. I really do, uh, and I, I really wish we would stop. Well, I did. I actually blocked one of the channels. I won't say which one I blocked, but one of them I just blocked. I, I don't even want it on my television anymore. The hatred that they try to hang on other people. Again, it's all our fault. We have to stop with the social media. We have to stop with the, oh, God, did you hear what they said on the news? I have to tune in and see how horrible it is. Stop that. It's not true, first of all. 99% of it's not true. No. Yeah, they, uh, they will stretch the truth, and it's well documented that they do. It is, and, and yet people still tune in. They still believe that crap. I don't like either political party. That's the other thing. You got national news organizations, some local news organizations as well. Um, well, there's one in town right now. It's called Reality Check, and I can't remember what the hell the guy's name is. But uh, Reality Check. Well, that's your reality. You do understand that. It's what you think is reality. So that's not really reality. It's whatever you want reality to be. So I, I, all of that stuff, I don't pay any attention to it anymore. I don't want to hear about it. Um, I'm not a huge fan of Donald Trump's, but I wasn't a huge fan of Barack Obama either. And going back, as I said, a long way, I'm not, anybody who wants to be president is not my kind of person. I just, you know, right now we got, we got Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton. Uh, that's what you got, huh? Mm-hmm. That's the choice that it looks like we're going to have again in 2022. Is that correct? Or 2020, excuse me. Hillary's going to run again. She was talking today about she might want to run again. I see. How many times you need to get your ass kicked, lady, before you figure it out? It's not for you. You got beat by Donald Trump. That's how bad you are. And I look, I don't hate Donald Trump and I don't hate Hillary Clinton. But would you grow up and wake up? It's not going to happen. So and you're also not going to impeach. You know that they were trying to say that that... Uh, that uh, Sayoc guy, the, the incendiary device guy, they tried to claim on several news outlets that it was the Russians that paid him to do it. Of course they were. Oh, God. It's just... Andy, could, could you answer this for me? I st- there are two things I still don't understand. Why it is that CNN keeps referring to Sayoc as the mad bomber. He was not a bomber. They, they want were... people to think that there's some... Um... Well, I mean, it is, it is right before midterms. That's exactly it. And they want people to think that Republicans are crazy, so you better vote the way that... Yeah. The, always... You better vote for the party that always gives more funding to the news organizations. Well, that's exactly true, particularly PBS. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> but but here's the deal. I, I just... Um, it's not like I, I'm, I'm singling out CNN either. They all do it. They all make these hideous claims about one another it's not only the news organizations it's the politicians i despise politics wait a minute is despise as bad as hate i would consider it worse okay so i don't despise them i dislike them Hmm. there are very very few politicians that i like uh what i would like to do 
And by the way, your ads from the Republicans and the Democrats are causing problems as well, because all you do is talk about how much you hate your opponent and what a scumbag your opponent is. Well, there was that ricin attack that they barely even well, I, reported on. And that was sent to that was sent to the White House. Where was that sent again? Uh, let's I don't even remember. see. Yes. <clears throat> yeah. Poisoned letters sent to White House. So that's okay, though. That apparently and that wasn't uh, wasn't a big deal. But the mad bomber who didn't actually send any bombs—that's a real problem. So explain this to me, Andrew, because I don't understand this. How do you get if you're in Plantation, Florida? <clears throat> how do you get a package with an incendiary device in it, with stamps on it, but no postmark? How do you get that delivered? Yeah, that's still very suspicious. That makes no sense to me. When the Excuse post me. office delivers a letter, they put a sticker on it or a stamp on it or something like that to mark it as delivered. Yes. But those didn't have them, so I, the post office didn't deliver them. Maybe, I don't know if UPS or FedEx does that. I already asked and they said no. <clears throat> oh, well, so maybe it was UPS or FedEx, I guess. No, I mean, they wouldn't deliver it. Oh, they, I, they said there is no way that if there were postage stamps on an envelope and there was no postmark, all of a sudden it showed up at FedEx or, or UPS, shaped the way it is and feeling the way it is. It's They, they all told me there's no way they deliver that. Hmm. <clears throat> so I'd like to know how it got delivered, how it got there from Plantation Florida. They found <clears throat> another one today, apparently, that was sitting in the post. And I think that one was in a post office in Atlanta today. But I, I, look, I'm not saying Sayoc's innocent. I'm not saying this. Or, that's not what I'm saying here. I just, there are certain things about this that just don't add up at all. So I'm not saying anybody pushed him in one direction or another. That's not what I'm saying. There's something off here, and I just don't know what the hell it is. I don't understand how this guy could get all of that stuff, first of all, for 14, or I think it's 15 packages now. Um, <clears throat> what? 15? Yeah, it's a lot of work. Um, and then you got the psycho that uh, that uh, charges a Squirrel Hill, Pennsylvania uh, synagogue. I mean, he killed eleven people. Mm-hmm. I, uh, well, that was the last count. I'm hoping it hasn't risen since then. Uh, I would also like to point out that the cops uh, went in and three of them were shot because they tried to protect the citizens. So I'm right now, after uh, Sayok was arrested and after this guy was apprehended, I'm really not in the mood to hear about how horrible cops are right now. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. They rush in there when we're all rushing out, but somehow they're dirtbags and we're not. Okay. Look, it's not our job <clears throat> to clear this stuff up. I do understand that. Uh, excuse me for clearing my throat, but this, every fall this happens to me. As soon as the leaves fall, I, I can't clear my throat, and I sneeze like a madman for about a month. I didn't until I was 50, by the way. What the did. hell is that? I did until I started taking <clears throat> allergy drops. What kind, what kind of lot. allergy drops? Uh, it's someplace in Wisconsin. I forget what it's called. I got to get it allergy going. Allergy Associates or something like that. It's You'll have to tell me. Pretty good. You'll have to tell me how to get it done because I absolutely need to get it done. So I do apologize for my throat clearing and... But otherwise, I'll do this. I'll be talking like that. So, yeah, I, um, <clears throat> I, it made me sit back and realize that we all are in some way culpable for what has happened to our society because we put up with it. We put up with news organizations puking up their hatred of one another and trying to get ratings and trying to make more money. We put up with politicians who do nothing but bash their opponent instead of telling me uh, what you're going to do that's really wonderful. Uh, We put up with that. We put up with Twitter. We put up with Facebook. It's got to stop. And what I mean by that is if you try to post something on the uh, Star Tribune or Pioneer Press website, uh, about one of the one of the stories they've printed. If you try to if you tried to post hatred like that, they delete it. There's no way it would get on their website. Uh, you could, you see it as a matter of fact. If you read anything that that's a very powerful story that people might disagree on, you will see message deleted. It'll show up. So I don't know understand how it's okay on Facebook and how it's okay on Twitter. What 
I don't know one news organization that, that would allow that kind of talk on their websites. Twitter. <clears throat> yeah, to, Twitter and Facebook. That's mm-hmm. it, right? Mostly Twitter, though, right? Yeah, Facebook is nowhere near as bad. <clears throat> Facebook's almost out of business now, aren't they? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, they're not doing well. Let's check their stock. Wait, are they? Yes, they are public. Their stock they... is way down, yeah. Uh, yeah, they've gone down. Whoa. Yeah, they got killed. From 217 on July 25th, currently at 145. Ooh. So they've almost cut in half in about three months. Oh, it's going to get worse, too. Mm. I think people are sick to death of that. And Twitter almost mm. died before, you know, who brought Twitter back from yeah, the dead? I know. I really wish he hadn't. That would be Donald Trump. He brought Twitter back from the dead, and I wish they would stop doing those things. Well, again, if you want to communicate with your friends and all the rest of it, if you want to criticize someone, I have no problem with that at all. Criticizing people's fine. But this hatred and wishing someone ill and hoping someone's life or career would come to an end and their family be harmed is just why we allow that in today's society. I will never understand. Humans just aren't evolved enough to. No, they're not. You're right. They can't be held responsible for. They can't handle the power of being able able to say whatever they want without consequence. Yeah, well, I think that's exactly right. We need to like go through another hundred thousand years of evolution before we can handle Twitter without turning it into, you know, war crime. Well, and the thing about that is, we have to stop telling everyone that we're all the same and we all deserve to be able to do whatever we want. No, we're not all the same, and we cannot do whatever we want. Because we end up with things like what the Jacksonville Jaguars did in London. Did you hear about that? No. Four football players, and I don't even know who the hell they are. And it doesn't matter to me who they are. They went out to party till 4 o'clock in the morning on the day of a game they had to play in London. Smart. They're partying till 4 o'clock in the morning. They walked out on the bill. They, oh it was like, oh, that, no, he's going to pay it. No, he's going to pay it. No, he, finally, they got down to the point there was nobody left to pay it. So they, they, they said it was a misunderstanding. No, it wasn't. You dodged the bill because you think you're special. Um, the bill was $84,000. Wow. $84,000 bar bill and food bill. Whoops, I forgot to pay my $84,000 bill. <laughs> exactly. It was a misunderstanding. Nah, I forgot I to pay my that. 84 grand. <laughs> Anyway, we're going to figure all this stuff out. We'll be right back, Tom Bernard Show. Tom Bernard here with the founder and CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. He's here to talk about a great service and an app that you can get because you're a customer of North American Banking Company. It's called XCheck. All right, Michael, my friend, how do you get it? What's the situation? Do I need it? All that stuff. It's an application that we designed to compete with the national applications out there for person-to-person payments. You can get it at the Apple Store or the Android Store. It's for payments that you want to make when you don't have cash. If you want to pay the kid who shovels your driveway, if you want to settle up a dinner check, if you want to settle up a bet on the golf course, when you don't have cash, you can use the app. The payment will settle directly into the payee's account literally the same day. This is Tom. Why not bank with my banker? And X-Check, I'm going to get it today. Check out nabankco.com slash KQ for more about X-Check. North American Banking Company, a better banking experience. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. Whiting Clinic has changed their name to include their two specialties, LASIK and cataract surgery. Whiting Clinic is best known for their amazing LASIK results and ability to enhance thousands of lives by restoring vision to clarity without the need for glasses or contacts. You've heard me rave about them for years. You know that. But did you know they're also experts in cataract surgery? Yes, indeed. And I'm a perfect example of their good work. You know what I'm saying. I see so clearly now. When my clear LASIK vision started to fade due to cataracts, Whiting Clinic took care of me again and have the most advanced lens technology so I can see far away and up close without wearing any glasses. If you're over 60 and have noticed your vision starting to fade, call the experts at Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. To learn more about your options for cataract surgery and clearer vision, visit whitingclinic.com or call 855-554-2020. That's 855-554-2020. And please tell them Tom sent you. 
We're back in the saddle again. I'm just doing the music myself. Probably shouldn't do that with a sore throat, but what the hell are you going to do? Robert Bowers was the guy, uh, anti-Semitic prick that he was or is or whatever he is. What is HIAS? What is H-I-A-S? H-I-A-S. I I don't know what that is. Is Uh, Is it a deal with refugees or something? Yes. Oh, there you go. It's a nonprofit that provides humanitarian aid to refugees. Oh, so it's humanitarian something, aid something. Uh, <clears throat> I don't know. Yes. Well, no, actually. Hebrew Immigrant Aid Society. Hebrew Immigrant Aid Society? Because it was created in 1881 to aid Jewish oh, refugees. Oh, 1881. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, here we go. Highest likes. This is from Robert Bowers on Twitter, of course. What a shock. Um, Hyas likes to bring invaders in that kill our people. I can't sit by and watch my people get slaughtered. Screw your optics. I'm going in. What is he talking about there? Do we know what he's talking about? Optics is the <clears throat> cool new hipster word for disagreeing with me. Oh, that's ba- optics if, if you disagree now? with me, it's bad optics. Oh, God. Yeah. When did that start now? About a year or two old, oh, I think. God, it's just—it's like saying tone deaf. <clears throat> same thing. So, which Jews is he talking about that came to town and started slaughtering our people? I think he's talking about uh, Muslim immigrants. Mm. But because Hayas <clears throat> is made and owned by Jews, then yeah. But how does he equate Jews with Muslims? Well, no, he's saying I mean, that the Jews Easter. are bringing Muslims in, so. Why would the Jews be bringing? I'm not saying that they're not uh, out of for humanitarian reasons, but why would Jews be bringing Muslims in? Well, to play devil's advocate, the sixty-two million dollar endowment they get. Oh well, you know, that's a reason. <clears throat> it's about money again. It's a potential reason. Because I will tell you this: um, as far as I know, the 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 I don't know if you call them refugees. In some cases, they were refugees, but the. Uh, the Asian um, immigrants were brought in by the Catholic Church, and, and the, the, all the all those Catholic Koreans that always <laughs> confused me. Yeah, there you go. Um, and then the Muslims were brought in by the Lutheran Church. So I don't know what the hell he's talking about. What the, what the Jews are bringing them in? I, I don't understand that. Maybe in other areas it's different. I don't understand any of it, but. Uh, You know what I'm saying. In the wake of a horrific mass shooting Saturday at Tree of Life Synagogue in Pittsburgh, which left 11 dead and at least six injured, we're learning more about alleged mass shooter Robert Bowers. One apparent key, the 46-year-old social media account at Gab, a platform that prides itself in unrestricted free speech. Well, that's Twitter. No. Twitter is very restricted. It is? You aren't allowed to say much of anything unless you're recruiting for ISIS, apparently. Oh, then you can. Okay. Yeah, there are tons of ISIS recruiting accounts on Twitter that don't get shut down, which is a little confusing. I don't really understand that either. Because they have plenty of time to ban people who say things that are, you know, controversial in other ways. It says here, the 46-year-old social media account at Gab, a platform that prides itself in unrestricted free speech and attracts alt-right white nationalist activists, including Milo Yiannopoulos and neo-Nazi Andrew Anglin, the New York Times reports, deleted Saturday morning, an account under Bauer's name was critical of the Jewish nonprofit Hyas. Milo Yiannopoulos <clears throat> is gay with a black boyfriend, so I don't think he's a a white nationalist. A white nationalist Nazi. <laughs> I I don't know much like. else about him, but it would, <clears throat> seems kind of weird to me if you would. Uh, no, I agree with you. Be gay and have a black boyfriend if you're a Nazi. Uh, yeah. I don't know. What was the other guy? Andrew what? Andrew Anglin. A-N-G-L-I-N. Anglin. Um, yeah. Oh, he's the guy who does the Daily Stormer. Well, then, yeah. What's the Daily Stormer? Uh, it's like the most right of any news site, I would say. The Daily Stormer? Yes. Is it a Nazi deal? I think it might be explicitly... For Nazis, yes. Oh, okay. I'm not sure. 
Gee, what a shock that I wouldn't know what the Nazi news site would be. Yeah. Jesus. I, I think Andrew England is the guy who... Yeah, he's the, like, editor-in-chief or whatever. Oh, yeah, okay. That's really great. Let's go to their site. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know if I'd do that if I were you. No. Yeah, maybe not. Yeah, probably not a good idea. Get that in my browser history and get sent Sorry. to prison. Yeah, that would not be good. Um... Deleted Saturday morning, an account under Bauer's name was critical of the Jewish nonprofit Hyas over a planned Shabbat ceremony for refugees. Why, hello there, Hyas, one post reads. You like to bring in hostile invaders to dwell among us, but that's just the beginning. I, I don't know what the hell he, What are they talking about? What? Uh, you bring in hostile invaders. So who were the Jews bringing in that were hostile invaders? I don't get it. I don't understand what the hell this guy's talking about. Well, the guy's completely off his rock. Well, looking at the guy, just the look in his eye, he thinks he's a tough guy. I can tell you that. Yeah. I don't know what to tell you with all this, but but here's what I would say. I would uh, prefer if people would stop attacking one another and trying to beat each other down and trying to destroy each other's lives on every level. And everybody who doesn't agree with you is a scumbag who deserves to die. It's got to stop. You have to grow up sooner or later and not be offended by everything. Now, again, our college system brought that about. Oh, yeah. Our col- Oh, your, your feelings should be hurt by the... Oh, it's so... Look... Not all. There, I've known some college professors that are really decent human beings and work very hard. But a lot of them, they get a free house, a free car, everything's paid for, but then you uh, need to go out there and, uh, you know, not everyone can live like you. We, we don't overcharge our students so you can live in a free house. I was just talking to a young man named Ernest. Uh, went to college, now has a hundred thousand dollars in debt that's pretty uh pretty standard how does it go i do believe that somebody was telling me the other day i think they were 60 years old i think they said they were 60 or 58 or something like that <clears throat> when they went to the university of minnesota it was 1500 dollars a year now again that was 40 years ago or 45 years ago whatever it was well let's see harvard's endowment is 37 billion dollars 37 billion dollars so they could educate every kid in america yeah, pretty easily, I would say. And they won't do it. So how is this our fault? Is what I'd like to know. $37 billion endowment. That's pretty good. But why in, in 40 years, would you look and see what the average tuition was at the University of Minnesota in 1975? Let's see if I can find that information. We'll see how it was 40 years ago. Now, why don't we go 1990? Go to 1990. That would be good. Oh, here we go. I think I found it. I just don't understand. Because now, isn't it? Well, it's a hundred thousand dollars, twenty-five grand a year minimum, with books and all involved. The guy said it was a hundred thousand dollars in debt. It's just sad. And this guy, by the way, is thirty-four years old, so it, he's been carrying that debt for a yeah. while. What do you got? Uh, well, I got year brackets, median okay. tuition by decade. Yeah, that's good. Uh, let's see. Residents or non-residents? Well. Because non-residents are a one. lot higher. Oh, uh, non- oh, you mean for people not from the state? Yeah. Yeah, let's do residents. Let's see. The 60s, it was 2800 2800 a year. 2800 I think so, yeah. I'm not quite sure. Okay, 70s? Uh, 70s, it looks like it went up to maybe 3500 Okay, not that big a deal at all. That's about the value four, of a dollar. 4000 ish That's, again, the value of a dollar going up in 20 years. And then about 5000 in the 90s. Okay, so that was still fine. Then in the next decade, it jumped up to 10000 Doubled. So it almost doubled. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in this decade, it went up to 12500 so it went up another 40%-ish. Something like that. Yeah, it's uh, so. Yeah, in the past twenty years, it's gone up from five thousand to twelve thousand five hundred. Okay, so you just told me that it costs fifty thousand dollars for a college education. That's just for tuition. Yeah, and if you're a non-resident, it's twenty thousand. So yeah, that makes sense. Um, so where does the other fifty thousand come from? If it's a hundred thousand dollars in debt, that's average. It depends average? on if you're getting. If you're getting a master's or a Ph.D. or something oh, like yeah, that, it's going to cost a lot more. <clears throat> or a lot more, yeah. 
uh, certain classes cost more depending on um, like higher level classes, I believe, cost more because they require more um, trained professors. But here's another thing that I find really suspect is that um, we're, we're worried right now. And nobody wants to see anybody start off their life uh, in the working world with tons of debt. Nobody wants to see that. But what do you think they should worry more about? Their $100,000 of personal debt or the how many trillions of dollars is the uh, deficit now? I mean, it's a huge amount of money, which what did it like double or triple during the Obama administration? Yeah, it went up an insane amount. And we have see. no way to pay it off, but other than that, everything's good. U.S. Maybe national debt, $21.6 trillion. $21.6 trillion. What was it in the year 2000? Let's see here. Good God. Uh, it's just... Oh, yeah. They, it, I think it went up the highest percentage-wise during the Obama administration oh, compared to did, any... Yeah. Other administration. So when he took over, what was the what was the national debt when yeah, he took he, over? He did quite the number on our he did on our national debt. He absolutely did. I'm trying so, to there's a good chart here, but I'm ah oh, here we go. Uh, 2008. Oh, this is debt by GDP, which also went by it went up from about 65 percent to. 105%. 105%. And over 100% means we owe more than we have. Than we have. That's exactly right. It's only done that twice before in history. Were there any world wars going on when that happened? Yep. World War II and what a Obama. Those are the two times we <laughs> world went over. World War II. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's why, how you could look at President Obama being any better president than Donald Trump, I don't think either one of them worth a damn. What do you think of that? Yeah, he was pretty detrimental to our economy. He certainly was. Economy. He certainly was. <clears throat> but I, um, I don't know, like, this only goes up to 2014. I'm wondering if it's improved under Trump or what. Oh, the national debt? U.S. debt chart. Let's see if I can find yeah, it. Yeah, probably not. Uh, Joe from Louisville just told me that uh, when, when President Obama took over, the national debt was a little over $7, bill, seven trillion. So, so it's tripled. It yes. tripled in his administration. How is that okay mm. with people? How can people still think, oh, God, what a wonderful president? What did he get done? Because black unemployment is at an all-time low right now. Um, all of those numbers from what, what I – and I heard that from several different news organizations, not just one. We got to stop making stuff up. That's the other thing. Okay, we got to stop hating everyone and wishing everyone's life were over. Ah, here we go. Yeah, it's still going up. Yeah. Although, I mean, it's always gone up. It's yeah, almost true. never gone down. So right. there is that. Right. Uh, so I would like to see debt to GDP ratio. Because right. Raw public debt, the number doesn't really matter all that much. Mm, yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. Actually, it <laughs> went down very slightly in um, Q1 2017. It did. It did, did go to Lennon. Lennon. Wow. What? Just, oh, just wow. Yes. Look, here's the deal. I'm not trying to condemn President Obama any more than President Trump or any other president. They're all horrible. I'm sorry. Where you get, oh, this guy's wonderful and this guy's... A... No, they're not. They're all horrible and they're all in it for the money. And again, either they already are billionaires when they become uh, president or they become billionaires after they were president. That's not good. Debt to GDP... Uh, in 2016, it was 105.8. Next year, it went down a little bit, but it also went down from 2014 to 2015. Mm -hmm. So that doesn't necessarily mean anything. Mm -hmm. And then, so I guess the numbers, we don't know yet, although it hasn't gone up. So that's a good thing. Yeah, not going up would be good. So yes, I want to be very clear with everyone. I'm not defending Trump. I'm not defending Obama. I am saying they were both horrible uh, in their own way. Donald Trump needs to learn to shut up. And Well, although to tell you the truth, I'd like to hear from an expert 
Did race relations get worse? Because keep, people kept, keep telling me that race relations got a lot worse during the Obama administration. Personally, I think they did. But well, I don't, know if, I don't know if that's necessarily his fault or just the way it went. I don't think it helps when he it's, says things like Trayvon Martin could well, have yeah, been my son. That was what are you doing? Really I mean, stupid. And then Donald Trump, you know, if she weren't my daughter, I'd be dating her. What the hell kind of thing is that to say? These people are all nuts, ladies and gentlemen. Every one of them is crazy. He's a strange man. He is indeed. There's no doubt about it. We will be right back. I have a special guest coming up. We're going to talk a little Halloween, light in the moment. Mm. But I, I, I hope that I didn't burden anyone because I don't mean to be negative. I just mean to demand that we change because this society is a disaster right now. We'll be back. Tom Bernard Show. Tom Bernard here to tell you, Priority Courier Experts has immediate openings for drivers looking for more. Priority drivers are independent contractors who set their own hours, start from their own driveways, and deliver local on-call parcels and freight, which means you're home for dinner every night, and you get paid weekly. Right now, Priority's driver-friendly lease-to-own program has brand-new dock trucks, flatbeds, curtain sides, and tractor trailers just waiting to be driven home. And Priority is also offering a $4,000 sign-on bonus to qualified drivers. So if you've got the skills, we can get you qualified to start driving a brand new truck in as little as three days. Calling all drivers. Come get the $4,000 sign-on bonus you deserve for all the knowledge and experience you bring to the delivery business. Call our fleet reps right now at 651-748-4477 or visit them online at Priority.com. Priority Courier Experts. Every time you call us, we deliver. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry this 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. We're back, ladies and gentlemen. Again, Catherine and Alex and Cassie. None, none of the women are here. Typical. But, um, oh, yeah. Oh, there she is. Oh, is Amber Perfect timing. Amber. Excellent. How are you today? I'm very good. Did you know what scaring is all about perfect timing? Oh, I'm sure it is. Absolutely. That makes complete sense to me. Perfect timing is a very big deal. No doubt about it. It is. It is. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Amber, you pronounce your last name Arnett Bequeath. That's what it says on the Internet. Well, um, it's actually Beckwith, but, you know, it's, it's a Beckwith. scary. Beckwith. I like it. No, uh, Amber Arnett Beckwith. That's a very nice name, don't you think? Thank you. I think so. Listen to this. You're the queen of haunts. Is that right, Amber? <laughs> it is. It is. Um, I actually um, was born into a family that in 1975 created the original haunted attraction, the Edge of Hell, which is actually really? in the historic West Bottoms in Kansas City. This is our 44th season, and I'm now also the spokesperson for the haunt industry across the country. That's wonderful. You get these kind of titles. You you earn these kind of titles when you sleep in coffins as a child. Hmm. You slept in a coffin as a child. I did. You know, during season, I you know I was young and I work in the show, and then uh, oh. you know you get tired. They sleep well, actually. Yeah, I could see they'd be comfortable. I would. I've never been in a coffin, but are they comfortable? They are comfortable. Yeah. See, and very surprising to the customers as well. I would imagine that's probably true. Horror is hot at the box office and a blaze at haunt attractions that have ratcheted up their immersive advantage uh, to scare. American Haunts and National Association, comprised of the leading haunted attractions, has named the top five scariest haunts of 2018. I, by coincidence, Amber, was talking to someone this morning about Key West and the haunted uh, tour that they do in Key West, which includes Robert the doll, which has become famous as a haunted doll, and they, they keep him in a glass uh, cage. 
Yes, and the, it's kind of taken off also from the Elf on the Shelf, and now they're using all kinds of dolls to actually play into the Halloween fun mm-hmm. um, for, for young kids. So, in fact, I, I heard from a lady here um, in Kansas City, and she said she actually did that, had a lot of fun, a mom of two, had great fun doing it, but then she said her child had to go to therapy. Hmm. Really? <laughs> well. Yeah, she may have been teasing, but that's the thing about Halloween is it's it's an incredible holiday to, you know, celebrate maybe somebody you don't always get to be and it's all about at America Haunt, we are the top haunted attractions across the country and we are family entertainment all about celebrating the holiday and creating lots of fun um, in a very safe environment and that's what we do. Now, Amber, do you think there's some importance to the fact that that haunts took off in the very heart of America in Kansas City? I do. I mean, I think, you know, I remember the very first, our very first attraction was called the Chambers of Edgar Allan Poe. It was open for one week, um, and we called it a Halloween spectacular. It was $2 back in 1975. And there's been a huge change um, with the way we used to provoke fears and phobias. So I'm an expert in fears and phobias. And so are a lot of the haunted attraction owners around the country, because what we're doing with that path is putting you in very interesting positions, like a big guy, you know, when he's got to crawl through a fireplace, makes him a little bit more vulnerable. But it's also gone completely high tech. So from 1975, when I could buy real skeletons, or just go to the stockyards and purchase a few heads to hang around. Really? Today it's all about, um, yes, today it's all about, um, you know, what kids are used to, which is the video games, the special effects of movies. And of course, we, it's now become more mainstream. I think, you know, zombies were never really big as a classic character until The Walking Dead. And then that really gave zombies their due. I'm a classic fan. I know it's always shocking to people, but I actually have never watched uh, what we term as a scary movie. For my attractions, I put a spin on that. It's called Macabre Cinema, and it's like a haunted 1930s movie theater that you pass through a slit in the screen, and then you become the victim inside the movie set. But I do believe that the movies contribute um, to that culture, and so that was kind of my nod to Hollywood. So, yeah, I think that definitely the high-tech element is the biggest change from when it began here in the Midwest. Um, And it's just something that is definitely, like we talked about earlier, it allows people to play. It's still cool for a teenager to hold a mom's hand coming in. The moms love that. And I can tell you, it is one of the best first dates ever. I will tell you, Amber, about 10, uh, maybe closer to 15 years ago, my wife and I were going through a haunted house with another couple, my friend Vito and his girlfriend. And we were walking through, and one of the uh, haunts jumped out at him. This is a full-grown man of a, at the time, he's probably 45 years old. He jumped up in my arms like a little baby. Hmm. I will never forget that as long as I, I was carrying him around like a little baby. <laughs> it was unbelievable. And so that brings me to what my motto is. That Good. is so funny because it is funny to watch other people get scared. Yeah, and it is. It is a lot of screams. Screams are, for America Haunt, that's our form of applause. But yes. it's also followed by laughter. And the biggest element of Halloween, and when you talk to anyone, is their memories. What were the costumes that they grew up and what did they do as a family whether it was carving pumpkins or going on a hayride and I think that the Midwest and its beautiful colors of fall definitely plays into that with a lot of wonderful family events to do around Halloween and so for us it's also let's think about one of the number one things which is graveyards the graveyards tie all of us together with America Haunt and we spend our whole lives avoiding them but it's actually what we're moving towards and so it's these fears and phobias that we implement within the attractions, everything from live animals to, um, of course, we all have graveyards. And then the trending classics that I talked about, witches are kind of coming back around. Oh, yeah. um, but if you, dragons, dragons are huge. Um, and a lot of people say, well, that's Game of Thrones. But if you look in the history, I mean, Sleeping Beauty had a magnificent dragon. 
Yeah, that's true. They've had dragons in China for thousands of years. Yes, exactly. So that's what I really work with, and as well as my fellow haunt owners across the country, we work a lot with history. And then that technology, when you walk into one of our scenes, you break a laser beam, and that's when we are working so intently to touch all of your senses. So it's the sights. It's the, so we talked about 1975. Um, we used to go to graveyards and gather all the flowers and, and let them you know, wilt inside the attraction for the effect of the dying smell. And now we actually can infuse smells in any room. So you can pick, we can have popcorn at the end at concessions and, you know, a couple dead body smells and midway. I like it. Amber, I want to ask you a question, then I want to get into the top five scariest attractions in the United States. I want to ask you the psychology, and Andy, I'm asking you this as well. Um... When, I don't know how many years ago, hundreds of years ago, people started talking, or thousands of years ago, people started talking about uh, after you die, you go to heaven, and then there are angels in heaven and all the rest of it. Do you think what happened as we moved down the line, it wasn't enough just to become an angel or, or a spirit, you had to be a scary spirit because people apparently felt so powerless that when they did die, they wanted to be, and, and basically what, what I'm asking you is something I thought of when I was a little kid. I always thought, well, I wonder if spirits are so scary to people now because people wished that when they died, they would not only come back as a spirit, but they'd have to be powerful and scary, and it gave them power in a powerless life. Is that part of it? Hmm, that's a really interesting thought. I never really thought of it like that and that they wish. And a lot of the paranormal and the things that we study and deal with, it has more to do with past transgressions mm-hmm. and that oh, yeah, you okay. did not serve your life well. And that is why you are left in that element. Um, so for instance, it's so interesting that you bring that up because like I said, the edge of hell is the oldest. And my great grandfather was a pastor, actually. And so oh, okay. that's the whole concept of heaven and hell in the edge of hell and back then we even i think for a week we tried to just call it hell and no one would list it not in the phone book <laughs> no listing <laughs> you couldn't just be hell <laughs> so that's how it developed into the edge of hell but what the whole theme is is that in this life if you walk on the edge you will encounter these sorts of demons so snakes vampires rats you get a glimpse of heaven, but unfortunately you made too many bad choices, go into purgatory, down a five-story spiral slide into the arms of the devil himself. Ooh. And that is really the whole concept. And that, that when you look back to that or what you're speaking of in realms of paranormal, but it also has to do with religion or what people talk about, say that's why they shunned away is because sure. they always felt like, you know, that they were being, you know, shamed or shunned. Um, so, yeah, I will say growing up as a young child um, in the street, it was definitely when you came outside and there was a church group that was kind of, you know, boycotting your business, they would always say, save the child, save the child. And I'd be looking around going, who needs saved around here? Um, <laughs> but that's the whole thing is that I'm probably not your normal, what you would imagine in the haunt industry. I don't wear black t-shirts or watch horror movies. But I love the element of surprise, what we talked about, the timing, the art of the scare. Mm-hmm. And that is what creates memories. Customers are going to haunted attractions for what? For that experience, especially millennials. And the other aspect is you bring your own adrenaline. That's why it's a lot more fun to do with a group. It's also haunted attractions for the most part don't sell alcohol on premise. It's all about your adrenaline rush that you bring and what your fears yeah. and phobias are. So for America Haunt across the country, each one of us has a different little niche or a little thing that we offer. For instance, you know, I have Medusa, the world's largest snake in the Guinness Book of World Records. And when you see that snake and then the fake one comes down right in front of your face, your mind can't help but play a trick on you that maybe she got out mm-hmm. and she's about to eat you. And it take, I just had the Chiefs players go through, and let me tell you, they were all on the ground. 
You remember, I have to tell you something. You're, what you, is it? you sound like you're about 15 years old. <laughs> you have a very I youthful wish. voice. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. But no, I'm not. <laughs> was, but I'm no. A with a mother of four. Really? Wonderful. Yes. Um, Haunted Hotel San Diego, California. What's that all about? Well, I have visited that haunt, and it is amazing. First of all, it's situated in the Gaslight District in San Diego, which mm-hmm. is just beautiful within itself with a lot of the revitalization that they've done in that area over the years. And Hotel San Diego is all about the zombies. Um, I definitely am not as much of a zombie fan. I kind of like them werewolves and vampires. But if you love zombies, this place is the place to go. And they do an amazing job. The other thing that they hone in on for fears and phobias is hospitals and clowns. So it's, it's one of those attractions. They also run another one in Boa Park in San Diego, so they actually have multiple. But the Haunted Hotel actually won our award this year um, for the scariest. It's, it's very small quartered in the way that its path lays out, and that really plays on the whole zombie aspect and being right in your face. And um, when we toured, it, it definitely won the medal. You know, it's amazing, Amber, as I looked at the top five, and, uh, you know, unfortunately we don't have time to get all five, but uh, not one of them is anywhere near Minnesota. We, we, we're not very, are we not very haunted here, or just we don't haunt right? I'm not sure if you haunt right or if your creative element is not where it sits. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that makes total sense. <laughs> that makes total sense to me. It's Now, we, we have areas like Summit Hill in, in St. Paul and... Mount Curve in Minneapolis. We have streets where they're, they're supposed to be haunted houses and haunted whatever. Uh, I love it. I grew up a Roman Catholic kid, which I think helps with the whole Halloween deal. Uh, I really do. I love it. It's a great, it's kind of, well, Andy, who's with us here, his birthday's October 26th, then there's Halloween, then my birthday's November 7th, then it's Thanksgiving, then it's Christmas, then it's New Year's. Starting in October, October, November, December, and early January, is it's nothing but revelry around the uh, Brant Bernard household. <laughs> you know what, and that is so true because Halloween really does kick off the season. Oh, yeah. It's considered one of the most happiest times of the year. Halloween is now only second to Christmas in retail sales as well. You know, that with the costumes and the candy yep. and, and yep. everything that goes into it and creating uh, that experience. I love it. Amber, you have to come back again. We have to talk more. Amber Arnett Beckwith. I got it right that time. Thank you, Amber. You did. Thank you. Screams and laughter. Happy Halloween. Screams and laughter. We'll be back, Tom Bernard, aren't you?